It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And put Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us for a very special edition of The Last Word on Spurs. Very different content to what we're used to here and we're absolutely delighted to be bringing you a really exclusive on The Last Word on Spurs. So thank you ever so much for tuning in, for downloading, for listening to us as always. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can find us on iTunes or on Spotify across all major audio platforms. Uh, of course, we're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And if you can see us, of course, we're also live on YouTube. So thank you so much for dropping us a watch. Now, as always on Last Word on Spurs, we always try and see if there's a way we can bring you different kind of content. But I think today, very different content to what we're used to. And we're absolutely delighted to be welcoming a very special guest to the last one on Spurs. But first up, delighted to be joined by, of course, as always, my co-host of what we call the crazy train of Tottenham Hotspur, Mr. Lee McQueen's in the house. Lee, how are you? We're key. How are you getting on? Yeah, uh, viewers and listeners, uh, it has been a crazy train and I'm really buzzing for today's show. Um, absolutely delighted to have um, our top, top guest on. And then we're going to get into some really good, uh, some, some behind the, the scenes of the club that we don't really get to know in the in the mainstream. Most of the time at the moment, it's all about transfers and about all these players coming. But today's really given us a different feel for some of the outstanding work for the community and beyond that uh, the Top Motspur Foundation actually do get involved with. So I'm absolutely delighted to be on um, alongside you again, Rick, with, uh, with our special guest. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's bring her in. Like I say, we haven't really got the stars in your eyes, so we can kind of shield her out with the lights and the, the bright lights. But we've got a wonderful guest joining us. We've got the brilliant Sarah Abanja, CEO of the Tottenham Hotspur Foundation. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. Lovely to have you on last one on Spurs. How are you? I'm very well. I'm, I've got butterflies. I had butterflies when there was a countdown whilst I was in the green room. It's like waiting for the gun to start to run. And then with that introduction, wow. Thank you very much, guys. I hope I can oh, be back to it. 
Pleasure. Well, listen, I thought we'd give you the uh, the, the countdown there, Sarah, to kind of prep you to prepare <laughs> yeah. you for what's to come. But uh, I think we can both say, I think, merely really excited for this show. I think uh, the opportunity to speak to somebody so well connected to the foundation, the CEO, and the great work that foundation does. And I think ultimately it's a really good opportunity for us to get to know a little bit more about the foundation, the great work that goes behind the scenes, and really bring that to the exposure of an audience that I think are all keen to really know a lot more about the great work the foundation does so delighted that you're here sarah really looking forward to the show uh, what i must say very quickly is we're absolutely delighted on the last one on spurs as you guys know by now we are sponsored by the beaver town corner pin that is the beaver town bang opposite the, the south stand now as always uh, they do some great content down there they've got the home win away feature that we really enjoyed last season for liverpool away for City away, and uh, we're looking forward to going down there in the summer to do some more content with those guys, and also some key away games next season that, of course, will be on the big screens. Now, at the moment, Beaver Town have got an exclusive special for you lovely lot. They've got a, a discount which you can take advantage of by using the code TOP4. That's TOP4 in all capitals, all one word, and you can bag yourself 15% off on their website for a limited time, and that's www.beavertownbrewery.com. Co.uk, so and go and check that out. And so, just to interact on that, Rick, as well, it's, it's, it's fantastic because when we were doing the the kind of pre uh, pre setup of having Sarah on the show, we were talking about local businesses. And actually, the Beaver Town of Corner Pin obviously is a very local business. Uh, the Corner Pin pub has been there for for a long, long period of time, taken over essentially by Beaver Town, which is a local brewery, which everybody knows is inside the stadium as well. And I think that lends itself really into the show today, doesn't it, Rick? Absolutely. Yeah, I think for us, you know, we try to align ourselves with partners in the well, the different industries that we feel really do connect to Last Word on Spurs and 100% Beaver Town is part of that, part of Tottenham as we know really well. So really enjoying that partnership so far. Sarah, lovely to have you on the show. And I think, you know, we have to mention the fact that the Tottenham Foundation, I believe, it's been a registered charity since 2006. So, you know, it's been around for a very, very long time. It's been committed to creating life-changing opportunities for people and the local communities since then. Um, I think for us, you know, we, we, we understand when obviously we've seen some of the work the foundation has does that it really does touch the lives of people across North London every yeah. single day. So I think the first question to you is obviously being the CEO, what is it like being part of that Tottenham Hotspur Foundation? It's, um, it's fantastic, actually. I mean, I, I was thinking about this the other day as to why I enjoy my job so much and why it's so enriching and rewarding because you can touch and feel and see the difference that you're trying to make and the difference that you do make. And, you know, being part of the brand, and even that we became a registered charity, you're right, Ricky, in uh, 2006, but the club has always been committed to its community. You know, if you think of all clubs, they grew from their communities that's how they started off within their communities. They're part of their communities. So they've been involved in, um, you know, working with their neighbours and their communities for many, many years before 2006 as um, well. I think the key thing in 2006, and this was um, obviously appeared after 10 years, I think, after the Premier League had started. Um, the key thing was how could we spurs and its club community arm which the foundation is we're a club community organization and similarly with the other professional football clubs whether in the premier league or the english football league how could we use football and sport as a real driver to bring around change in people's lives and actually the premier league created its own charity as well that 
we work very closely with the part of that family of the professional football family where we look together what difference can we make based on the world of football and what do we need to do specifically locally to make that difference and you've already touched on um, our areas we operate predominantly this is as a foundation as a charitable body to even become a charitable body you have to bring public benefit so the benefit that we seek to bring to our public and to really be able to make the difference we seek to look for that for our residents of Haringey, Enfield, Waltham Forest and Barnet in particular. But our reach goes further than that to the home counties as well. And specifically, because we're a charity, because we're about trying to bring transforming lives with that, we really target our resources in those areas where there's the least prosperity, those areas characterised by disadvantage. And actually, where we are in the stadium itself, um, that is one of the most disadvantaged areas across the country, as measured by the government. You know, so it's really important for us with the assets that we have as being part of that club. How can we draw on those assets to make a difference in those in their lives? So one thing I should just say, so as a CEO, I look at myself a little bit, you know, everybody thinks of Spurs and they'll think of Daniel Levy, they'll think of Conte, they'll think of the team. Ultimately, it's all about that performance on the pitch. And that fantastic picture you got. For me, it's about that performance in my communities. How can yeah. we make a difference? How can we see that difference? And what the brand does is attract people to us. But what we're fantastic at is retaining them, sustaining them and making that difference using Spurs, using our brands and the assets of the players, the stadium, and just the whole focus on success to do that. That's a really long answer, isn't it? <laughs> oh no, it's, it's it's brilliant. The passion and enthusiasm that you have is just—I mean, it's just oozing. It's absolutely brilliant to see. Um, I, I was lucky enough actually to be uh, involved in one of the businesses that I that I set up um, a while ago. I was actually involved with uh, Tottenham Hotspur Foundation, um, and it was at the time when they were starting to look at building the stadium. I think the plans mm -hmm. for the stadium had just gone in, and it was really about regenerating the local area. And you touched upon there, Sarah, about the London Borough of, uh, of Haringey, and that, I think it was the in the bottom three at the time, I don't know if that's changed, of the, one of the poorest areas in, in the country, as you just touched upon. How much How much is it um, joy, is it giving you, essentially, working with local community, and particularly with maybe the, with the um, you know, emerging talent and the younger community in, in finding them work and finding them jobs and re yeah. uh, rejuvenating that particular, because, again, Tottenham Square Foundation do a lot of work in that area, don't they, Sarah? Yeah, yeah, they do. So first of all, um, my background is socioeconomic regeneration, specifically trying to focus on supporting those that are further away from getting all the opportunities. So being part of Spurs, which believes in that passionately, helps with that. And in particular, you know, I know North London very, very well uh, in terms of the area. So those communities, they're really dear to my heart. And that's why I speak passionately about it because actually it's through opportunities that others provide. If you can see them as opportunities, and if you take them, that actually the world's your oyster, whatever you want to do. And that talent there, you know, and one of the things we do in the UK is we often talk about the most deprived, I've already spoken about it, you know, and all of that. But actually it takes away from the point you make. It doesn't matter about your, the affluence you're born into or not, because actually we're all born with talent, we all as kids have dreams and ambitions. And what we try to do is try and ensure that that um, lack of prosperity or lack of connections doesn't suppress those ambitions, 
doesn't even cut out the childhood because you grow up too quickly otherwise. Yeah. And for so sure. for us, we want to, you know, we want to get these kids as young as we can. And I've got some fantastic examples of, you know, I've got a member of staff who was just actually uh, um, in uh, probably four months ago after 15 years of a particular project we do as part of the Premier League called Kicks, which is after school football. He was um, identified and uh, voted as being a local legend. And he was um, awarded a trophy for that by Ledley. And Ledley is Great. one of the foundation's ambassadors. But That's one of the reasons is. why he was a local legend, he started with us when he was a boy in school, early on in secondary school. He loved football, so he played football. And then he started volunteering with us. And then we helped him become an FA Level 1 coach. Nice. And um, then what he did, he started becoming a casual sessional coach with us. Then he came onto our books. And he's recently promoted. He's now focusing on several of our different projects, which I'll touch on later. So that's an example of somebody who really, I think we're talking about a sort of a 12-year period has been involved in us from the very start. Because when you when we when we touch you, when we touch your lives, you're with us forever more. We're not a statutory service that can only yeah. work with you for six weeks or 12 weeks. We want to really give you that enrichment. And recently we've done something similar with a young man who was part of an academy, actually. Didn't quite make it with that um, academy. And a lot of young people, when they don't make it, imagine your dreams are being shattered at that yeah, particular sure. age, what you thought they were. So what can we do to support that young person to try and keep positive and, you know, push, you know, further their education or their learning so that they can get onto a great career path within that? And so we've just taken him on to work with us to train as a FA coach and also in quality assurance. Because, again, you know, wearing this badge, being part of this brand, quality is paramount in everything that we do. It's really, so, it's really it's, I mean, it's fascinating to hear you talk, uh, you know, with the, again, with the passion that you obviously have so much joy about, um, you know, the, the role that you do. Um, what's it like as well, kind of conditioning people that don't make it? You mentioned it there. I appreciate that this isn't a question, that, um, you know, beforehand, but you, you mentioned it there about, some people don't make it. It's tough, isn't it, to make it from the football and academy side. So we need to be able to condition certainly these young people in employability skills, you know, making sure that actually local employers and, and dare I say beyond will will want to bring these people into their firms, into their workplace and actually train and develop them outside of the football club as well. Do, do, you, do you guys as a foundation, Sarah, do a lot of work in that sort of sense as well? Yeah, yeah, we do. And I think, first of all, I think it's, one of the things that's really important is understanding what are the issues in our area and understanding the socioeconomic um, profile of our area. And if we look at Haringey, if you look at London, you know, yeah. London is an orbital uh, and you look at the centre of London, we're not actually a central London borough that touches the River Thames. We're actually ourselves. And as you go further north to Enfield, really, we were suburbs. OK, and so the nature of our businesses up until the 60s, we had large manufacturing around Enfield and Tottenham, lots and lots of manufacturing. All of that sort of died down when the government's approach was no longer could you rely, rely on your brawn and your muscle to get work, but it was all about the service industry and the design and things like that. And so most of the businesses in our area are very small family-run businesses, except for the town centres where you've got the normal chains. So then you think of the stadium you think of, you know, this multi-purpose entertainment complex where you could get a job within there, 
And I should say on matching event days, 3,500 people are employed there. And you can get a job working in hospitality where one day you might be serving, you know, when you go up to the booths or the counters and you want your chips or your pie and your fish. And then another day further on, you could be serving multimillionaires in their boxes, silver service. So be able to, if you think of that and think of, wow, what a fantastic career exposure for the types of businesses. And you, you touched earlier on, on um, Beavertown. You know, so Beavertown is a fantastic example, actually, that, and as you did in your introduction, local business, how you support the local businesses within that economy. But we also will try and support actually those employers taking on the young people, giving them apprenticeships or giving them training, because there are a lot of jobs people could go on to where they're low income jobs, low income industry, but they're actually poor quality employers. You can't progress in them. You're not treated well. And so what we try and do as far as possible, and this is all down to the individual wanting to do it, you know, and we can't, you know, there's a saying, you can take a horse to water, but you can't change it. Right, how, do you inspire it them? <laughs> how do you inspire them and make you make them believe so that they do believe? It's a bit like being a coach of a personal coach or a football coach. Yep. Look at where you need to develop. And then they can really um, fly. So we do things around careers as well within um, that. And the other thing we do, because I have touched, when I gave those examples, it was very much about our targeted work, really. But we're also recognising the actual, the scale of um, unemployment in the areas that we serve. Okay. So there's there's not a lot of jobs in the actual air boroughs that we serve. And it's really important we develop people's skills so they can go anywhere in the world for work. So expose them to all these other um, industries. And being part of the club, we have all the club's partners that actually banks, institutions, you know, all, all of these that actually have job roles, job opportunities that we can expose careers to for the young people. And then what we've done recently, and this is the first time in the new stadium, we used to do this in White Hart Lane, and we did it whilst we were um, uh, temporary lodging at Wembley, we hosted, we hosted two jobs fairs. We hosted a jobs fair in partnership with DWP, where we had over 2,000 people come for jobs. And we know that at least 600 people have got jobs as a result of that. And there were over uh, 70 exhibitors and they all had jobs available. They were looking to recruit. And um, more recently, we hosted a jobs fair with um, Manchester Airport's group, Stansted Airport in particular. And, you know, real shortage there. And we can now see what that shortage is doing on the news. Yes, absolutely. You know, so everything we're doing is really current and really has to reflect what's going on in our communities. And we have very diverse communities. You know, if I look, overall, if I look at Haringey and Enfield, probably 35% of those communities are white British born. I've yeah. got a 25% uh, which are white non-British born, predominantly Eastern European. And then I've got 40% of visible black and minority ethnic within that. So very, very diverse. Some of the highest levels of unemployment are in the young, visible minority communities. And so we need to recognise that as well. So there's something about um, what we can do, what the club can do to really ensure that we're also promoting the opportunities in the world of football, in our own business, whether it's the club itself, whether the partners concessions, whether it's in the foundation, to all our communities because we want to ensure that what we're doing as far as possible, our communities are getting benefit and a part of that and become part of the sector as yeah. well, because it's more than just football. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and actually, just just Rick, sorry, just before I come back over to you, Rick, the the, the um, you can feel that so on a match day when you're in and around the stadium, the regeneration. Yeah, just having that, you know, that spaceship, if you like, that is just popped up like in the middle of there is is incredible. I mean, obviously, I go to all all home games um, and uh, travel to some away games as well. But you know, when, when you're, it never ceases to amaze me when you walk around a corner and you see and you see the stadium there, and and you can hear and you can feel the gasps when people have never seen it before. It's just yeah. incredible. Fantastic. So, you know, it is really fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. I got to say, uh, Sarah, this is fascinating, right? I think what we're, we're 20 minutes in, and some of the examples being used, and just the context of it. I think you know, again, many people that are not well known about what the foundation does. I think this gives everybody a, a real, real feeling and a real warm feeling about the great work that's going on. So, um, yeah, okay. I mean, again, it's, it's absolutely fantastic, and thank you so much for your time. Um, it's funny because I was going to ask you for a couple of examples. You've given us a number of examples there about just how much. Um, it, it really does, doesn't it, Sarah? And I'm, I'm, I use the term, it does, it does change young people's lives by what the foundation does. As you said, the successes that comes out of this, the way it shapes, it changes young people's lives from a young age. They're taken through this process, this journey. It's remarkable yeah. just how it can really bring out the best in young people, right? Yeah, it does. And um, so one of the things that we try to do, because obviously people get excited. They get excited anyway when they're seeing stars, you know, and and actually, the you know, the players come, they do personal appearances in our schools, they get engaged in our um, projects within that. And also the academy, the younger players, because particularly, and if uh, and lots of young people, if you talk to kids, if you talk to um, teenagers about who inspires them the most, invariably, it's somebody that they can relate to. Yeah. And that's not just in what they look like or what their gender is, but do they know the area? You know, and they're age-wise, so they get really inspired by the academy players because it's like, for them, it's like them in three years' time. It's like their big brother or their big sister within um, all of that. So that, um, so that's really important. But the other thing is, and particularly with primary kids, so one of the things, obviously, that we, we're, we're all about is get them to love the beautiful game, get them to love our brand, but also get them to be active. You know, we've got a huge issue in our areas with obesity. It's a huge issue in the UK as a um, whole. And it's not just them being active. Get their siblings, their parents, get their grandparents to love the beautiful game because it can do so much more. So it's about being active and keeping healthy because in the areas we operate in, that unfortunately the quality of life for lots of people after 50 starts deteriorating because of the comorbidities they've had earlier in life, whether it might be diabetes, it might, might be just not nutritionally eating well, all of those sorts of things. So one of the things that we do, and again, this is a Premier League national programme. It will take place all over the country. We translate it and tailor it specifically for the schools that we go into, which are mainly in Enfield and um, Haringey. And it's called Primary Stars. And so here we're supporting teachers and training teachers whilst they're in their classes. How can you use football and sports for means to get kids excited about maths? Get them to be excited about languages. Even if you think about maths, imagine taking a corner. You know, you've got to think of your angles. You know, one of the things, or even science, you know, I sort of talk to the kids about um, when I go in about Wayne Looney, why do you think he's so fantastic? His eyes, he can see further back than you and I can see. He can see that ball coming over. He can run onto it. You know, and think of the science then that goes into that. And then with the foreign players, foreign um, non-English speaking players or foreign language players, 
you know, we've got a huge South American community. You've got the largest community um, outside of Ghana and community outside of Ghana. So West African communities are represented. And all of the communities, Eastern European players, are all represented in our team. So again, getting players involved in that, it inspires these kids. So primary kids as well, really, really important. Sarah, something you just touched on there, you mentioned parents. And mm -hmm. um, how, how important is it to get almost the, the parents onside, if you like, you know, to use a foot, to do with football. I don't understand what the onside, offside rule is anymore. But, yeah. but how, how, how important is it to get the parents onside? Because sometimes in family, in a family uh, unit, children are kind of been almost conditioned you can't you won't you won't make it you can't make it you can't do this don't try that and not in all cases of course yeah but sometimes how difficult is it to kind of change the mindset of, of the children when the parents are kind of pushing that down do you get involved in some some, some of the kind of yeah. conditioning the parents as well we, we do, and it's, I mean, it's a really important point that you make, because if you think of when you were a, kid, a, a child, and even your own kids, they're influenced by what other people tell them. So it's yeah. very easy to take on the stereotype of what other people put on you, or the bias of others. And, it, we, and we need to bear in mind the diversities of the communities that we serve, and in terms of, the, for some families, that engaging with them is quite hard, not because they don't want to, but they've got two or three jobs. They yeah. may be single parents. It's really, really hard to within that. But it is of the utmost importance. And similarly, of the engagement of the schools and the teachers. And the example you gave just then was a fantastic example about kids being, you know, told certain things. The other day we were doing um, uh, a session in the stadium, actually. We had about, we had 20 kids from a local school, local secondary school. These kids had been underperforming and were danger of being chucked out of school, actually. You know, so and we worked with these um, kids, so we brought them all together in the stadium and we did some, basically, we, we did an exercise with them to get them to understand themselves a bit more. And it gets them to, uh, it's based on um, management as a team building exercise where you understand your own personality, then you understand how you relate with others. And basically what this was trying to look at is look at every, identify every young person's strength and they self-identified and they'd explain why they took use their strength by giving them certain words and then actually identifying how those strengths can also be negatives so for example if you're very quick and very clever which is a strength it can also be a great negative for others because you might look down at others or be short with them so this was all about understanding self anyway to get to the point these two boys were doing, um, these, they're in a team with uh, four others, and then the facilitator came over to me, and she had tears in my, her eyes. And I said, what's wrong? She said, but what these boys said, she said, the boys were 11 and 12, and they said to her, Miss, we don't understand. When we were in primary school, we were told we could do anything. We were told we were really, really clever. We could go anywhere that we wanted to go and do anything. And now we're in secondary school, we're told that we're not going to make anything of ourselves, we're good for nothings. And, all. and these are like 11 and 12 year old boys that just don't understand it as to why, you know, a couple of years earlier in that primary setting. So for us, we try and work with these kids and get their families involved. And we do that through exercise actually in sports and fun days. Yeah, yeah. And um, the other thing that we do, which is not football, but it's all about fitness and getting the family involved again. We do lots of um, fitness and uh, health and well-being groups during the daytime and in the evening for all age groups. We do walking football. In fact, I was playing walking football and I injured myself. 
So it's the women <laughs> over 40, Bless. and it is it's pretty rough, you know. It's, I don't know, it's supposed to be gentle. And, <laughs> and men's walking football for the over um, 50s. And we get try and get the kids to come along as well as families. We had a big fun day. You know the news, the small um, pitches at the South yeah, Side N17. Stadium? Yeah, yeah N17 yeah. Arena. So uh, in Easter and uh, a couple of weeks ago in the half term, just before the Jubilee had half term, we hosted family days from 10 o'clock till 3. Everything was free and there were sort of bouncy castles, football shootouts, Ledley did appearance. It was absolutely fantastic. And the responses we've got from everyone is just amazing. That was that was actually one of the things because I was going to say, can you just share how much the foundation really does try to help within the community? And, and you're doing a wonderful job of sharing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. One of the things when um, when we met um, uh, your namesake Sarah and uh, and David down at uh, at location a couple of weeks back, yeah, we didn't realise, did we, Rick, that N17 Arena was 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 even there and accessible to local families and you know to to a wider uh, to the wider audiences and i just thought that was fascinating you touched upon it there sarah of actually bringing that community together but actually you know it it becomes that you're you're learning to play football or you're playing football with your friends or you're doing some coaching sessions in the shadow of this one billion pound stadium which is regenerating the area i just find it I find it fascinating. It's it's fantastic work, actually. And there's so many people that will be watching this and sit, looking at their families and their, in, in them situations that you're describing. Yeah. Think, I, I didn't even know that existed. I didn't even know that was theirs. Yeah. It's um it's fascinating. You mentioned about Ledley going down. I think um, Romero's been down there, isn't he? Yeah, a lot of the players have been down there. Yeah, sessions and stuff and like actually, that. I mean, um, uh, we created this. I'm getting muddled up in my ears now because of COVID. But we created this after COVID. So it's not been open that. Um, long but the real important thing of this and so for the foundation uh, and uh, and it varies depending uh, across other clubs we we deliver all our everything we do we try and deliver across the communities we serve and we do that because we don't want people to say it's too far for me to go or there's no buses and we do it all for free we don't want them to use money as an excuse not to do things the thing about um having those uh facilities and they're fantastic facilities right there in the stadium because it enables us then as well to actually have a locale where we can also draw in the talent and develop that talent even further because what we do is very much the grassroots stuff from play and fun and all of that and spotting that talent and helping our colleagues in global coaching spot it and then they can take that forward so it's fantastic we decided you know wildcats which is for girls girls are interested in football the whole project called Wildcats. So our local Wildcats has always been towards the North Circular, right? And if you're a local girl in Tottenham um, or in Haringey or Enfield, to get to there after school is very, very difficult. Really can, hard, yeah. You can't even get, you know, you assume your parents can take you. Your parents are probably working. You might have to look after your siblings. It's really difficult. So we decided we'd have Wildcats as well right locally so we deliver that we deliver on one evening we deliver it somewhere else in Hangar and one evening there at the N17 arena and it's just being part of all of that and you spoke about in the shadows actually it's outside where the main pitch is but actually we always um, our young people all our participants they always get a chance and they come into the stadium as well see it we run sessions within the stadium as well um, within all of that 
So it's, and obviously, it's a huge, huge opportunity, isn't it? Huge yeah. opportunity for people that say, you know, that, that, that to, to see that. I mean, you know, I was, like I said, I'm fortunate enough to be in the stadium. Like we've all been in the stadium. If you haven't been into the stadium, you, you yeah. need to go. And, and I mean, it is, yeah. it is mind blowing. It's so it's it? just, yeah. it's just so inspirational to, to hear, yeah. to hear, to hear you talk, to, to hear and to understand what's happening just outside the kind of, I know everyone's probably watching this going, where's the transfers? Where's Bastoni? Whatever. <laughs> uh, hopefully all the transfers have done. Yeah. And the future <laughs> but, you know, transfers are coming from our kids. That's really exactly that because yeah. they're the future, aren't they? Yeah. they are one of their own, one of our own. Sarah, finally from us, um, how do you see the foundation evolving over the over the coming years, kind of next five years or so? What's the what's the plan, Sarah? What's your vision over the next kind of five, ten years for the foundation itself? Okay, so the real growth that we're really um, pushing for. If you think about those areas that I've spoken about, where we really want to make a difference, we in terms of even if you just think from. Stamford Hill, right the way through to the M25, all the way over to the River Lee and over towards Green Lanes and that area. We we want to be a, we don't want anybody there that is more than 15 minutes walk away from organised fitness or football activity that we're doing within their community and it's free. We want if you walked along there and you came across any grassroots football club and you said to them, hey, what do you know about Spurs? That amongst what they say is that they in which what they do, they help us train our coaches. They help come and deliver some of our sessions. They support us with some of the activities that we do. And so, and um, the other thing is, is that every school along there, and we're talking all together, so over a hundred schools along there, if you take into consideration primary schools and secondary schools, that we have a relationship with all of them, but that relationship, which we do at the moment, but that relationship is that we've been in there, they've got our enrichment, they've come to the stadium, there's been player appearances. So basically, every person that lives within that area will have got some enrichment from us as Spurs. And I just do want to say one last thing before I end. I was doing this, whenever I start a session with groups that come and see me and whatever, I ask, you know, obviously it's um, it's all about Spurs and some of them will go, boom, or whatever. And I say, why, who, who are you talking about? Who are you supporting? And they, they'll say all different teams. It's not just the ones down the um, road. But I, was, I did this with some adults in a session that I had. And at the end, two of them said in their group, they said, hey, we now support Spurs. You know, and that is fantastic. Nice. Because it is much more than what just goes on in the pitch. It's what we're doing with our neighbours and our communities. No, absolutely. totally, absolutely brilliant, fantastic, absolutely okay. superb. And uh, again, you know that that that, that foundation at tottenhamhotspur.com is that email address where uh, they can pick up uh, all all that type of information as well. Um, absolutely fascinating uh, having so on, isn't it, Bimrick? Yeah, I've got to say, I think for for many people that are unaware of the wonderful work the foundation does, um, again, this is just really a snippet, an insight, really. You know, a thirty-seven minutes of Sarah's time into what great work the foundation does and there's so much more and um, mm -hmm. i can say to you when you peel back the skin there's so much more that goes on you know this is a this is a, a world machine to some degree that you know has been run for many many years that is evolving that is changing with the times that is bringing and really changing people's lives and i think for us on last word on spurs sarah it's been a real eye-opener and we've been absolutely pleased and delighted to be able to bring you on thank you. a little bit about the wonderful work the foundation does so thank you ever so much for Good your time brilliant. Okay. Thank you very much for inviting me.
And can I just say, but before we go, so for all of the fans that go to the stadium on every single match day, when you're walking down the high road, you know where you've got the uh, the guys outside with the scarves and they're just before, yeah, yeah. Uh, just after the just after yeah. the traffic lights and the guys yeah. with the scarves. Just tip your hat. Just give it a little nod because right behind there is where the Tottenham Hotspur Foundation are housed. And just give a little nod to everything that Sarah has just talked about. And, uh, and, and keep your eyes open for any updates that is happening because the foundation yeah. is doing an unbelievable, unbelievable job with our grassroots and uh, long may that continue. Absolutely. Thank you. Can't speak highly thank enough. You. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. Well, there you go, thank guys. You, the wonderful Sarah Banja, CEO of the Top Monster Foundation. Of course, along with me, Lee McQueen. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Really hope you enjoyed the show. As always, please keep safe, keep well. We'll be back with you soon. And as always, come on you Spurs. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.